We need to get out of the rut, whatever it is. You know, when we get in a rut, you know what happens? We trample the seed that's underneath our feet. And that's why the Good Shepherd leads us into green grass. Another pasture, because sheep tend to just go on the same thing, and then you can't eat because you're trampling your, it's all muddy right there. Yeah. You'll get that one day. You're going to be in 7-Eleven later going, man, that was a good illustration. That was super good. <clears throat> For those of you who weren't here with me the last time I spoke, I have a choir back here. You can't see them, but they appreciate everything that I say, and they respond marvelously. So when I look to the choir, maybe you ought to join them. I don't know. So I kind of like a little feedback, and, and I'll go faster with the feedback. So we want to move pretty quickly today. We've got a lot of things to cover. But first, I always like to start off with something funny. Uh, anyone grow up Catholic here? Okay, so Lent, right? You've got to give up meat, right? You've got to give up meat. So there's this whole community, and they gave up meat because they were all Catholic, except for this one Baptist guy. And this one Baptist guy. And they would give up meat, and that Baptist guy would be in his backyard barbecuing steak. Every night, finally, they had had enough. The priest and the elders and everybody went down and said, look, you've got to stop this. You've got to convert to Catholicism and, and stop eating this meat. And, and they said, he's like, no, I, I like meat. And so they went back again, and, and they convinced him finally. He said, okay, I'll convert. And uh, so they, they, they took him to the church, and they did the conversion confirmation and everything, and they were baptizing him. He says, you were born a Baptist. You were baptized a Baptist. You lived as a Baptist. Now you are a Catholic. And they were sprinkling him, you know. It was, so it was good. So the next year came around, and it was Lent, and uh, they thought, well, we're going to get rid of that guy, you know, we're, or not get rid of the guy, get rid of the smell. But sure enough, the guy's barbecuing beef in his backyard all over again. They can't believe it. So, you know, the priest and the elders, they go down and they walk through the gate. And this is what they see. He's standing over his barbecue saying, you were born a cow. You lived as a cow. You are now a fish. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, God wants to release something in this place. And I felt it begin to come just this morning. He wants to release a, a whole new level of worship for everybody here. He wants us to be able to get into his presence and bask in it in ways that we've never done. Now, I, I've been, I'm, a, I'm a worshiper. I, I've been leading worship since I was 18, 19 years old. I love worship. It is what floats my boat. It flicks my back. If I want to stay mad and angry, you know, anyone ever <clears throat> get mad and angry and you just want to stay that way? Okay, we have one person who's honest in the room. Thank you. I can't put on worship or I'll change. But when I want to change, I put on worship and I begin to sing and I just change. It just, it just does it for me. So I've been worshiping a long time. I've been teaching about worship. I've been leading worship for a long, long time. And as, as, we, as we come together as one congregation, one of, the, one of the things that I'm passionate about giving this church and our church as we come together is a deeper, deeper worship experience. I'm not satisfied with my worship experience. Are you, with, are you with me? I'm just not satisfied. Why would I be satisfied with where I'm at? 
I want to go deeper with God, right? I don't care who you are. You could be Darlene Check or Brian Johnson or whoever your favorite guy is, name him, and, and you got to go deeper. You can't be satisfied with the level you're at. So we're going to talk a little bit about it, and then we're going to have lab. I do this sometimes when I teach. So I'll be teaching, and the worship team's going to be up here, and then we're going to be singing, and then I'll teach a little more, and then they'll sing, and then we'll all sing, and then we're going to do that a few times. We'll see if we can knock it out in about 42 minutes. You ready? Three people are good. Thank you. Choir, are you ready? Choir's ready. All right, here we go. The word for worship. (laughs) The word for worship in the Greek is proskuneo. It means to bow, to come towards, or to kiss. Um... To kiss the hand uh, among the Orients, especially the Persians, it meant to fall upon the knees and touch the ground with the forehead as an expression of profound reverence. In the New Testament, it took on a kneeling and prostration to do homage or to make, uh, whether in order to express express respect or make supplication. So the one thing that... Whatever culture it was in the ancient of times, it was, I'm coming towards you. And I am going to honor you. Are you with me? So to worship is to express an attitude or gesture, one's complete dependence and submission to a high authority figure. We get our word worship from the old English word, worth-ship. See, you will worship what you think is worth it. Sometimes I think we worship things that we know aren't worth it. We kind of do it accidentally. And I would just like to say, when we come together, we should probably do it on purpose. Right? When we're here, we should do it on purpose. Because God's worth our worship. I mean, he's, he's worth our worship. He's worth a little adoration. He's worth getting out of our own selves. Right? Because the reality is... Worship is not just singing, although that seems to be what we call it, and that's okay. But worship really is a way of life. It's honoring him day in and day out at home, you know, men, when you put the toilet seat down. Amen. I worship the Lord all the time in my house. Yeah, amen. No, but seriously, we're going to talk about singing worship because I think there's something dynamic. I mean, there's a resonance that happens when we sing a note. When we sing one note, in fact, when I sing a note and the same note you sing, there's a different resonance because you're different. We're all different and we all bring it when we sing together. We all bring a different resonance to the atmosphere that's around us. And it's a crazy, powerful thing because you, you know, you know, you could do a lot of cool things with music. There are music that puts you in the mood. Y'all know what I'm saying? Amen, all the the married women, not the single women. (laughs) I almost said that. All the married women said amen, right? I mean, there's music, that headbanger music, you know what I'm talking about, headbanger? It makes my head want to bang, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh, You know, there's certain music that I just don't like. Is that okay to say? Is that all right? I'm not prejudiced. I'm just, uh, you know, I can respect rap. I can respect, they, number one, they memorize so many words, it's amazing. And number two, they say them so fast, it's amazing. I mean, really. Music, I'm not so amazed by. 
that was it was a joke. It was funny. It was I'm yeah, rap, rap. But you know, I got respect. I got respect. But uh, you know, I was a child of the '70s, so I kind of like R&B. You thought I was going to say rock and roll, no? I often I often tell people I'm black on the inside. <laughs> I know I'm kind of a whitey on the outside, but on the inside, I'd rather listen to Motown than I would Deep Purple, Rare Earth, and Led Zeppelin, because that's what I grew up on, right? But I'd rather hear Motown. That just gets me. I like that Motown stuff, right? Come on. Jackson 5, come on. Smokey Robinson, come on. Whatever it is, whatever it is, You can love it or you cannot love it because it just kind of speaks to you. You know, when I was a young boy, missionaries would come from Africa and they'd say, that rock and roll music has the beat of demon worship. And I would just like to tell everybody this right here. God owns every beat and God owns every note. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, and ti belong to God. They all belong to God. And all the beats belong to God. They can only be hijacked by somebody else. He created them. He created them. So, let's get into it, shall we? God's worth our worship. The kingdom of heaven, Matthew 13, 44. Some of them are, are going to be up there and some not. I'm going to move pretty quickly. Um, I'll tell you when you should turn. The kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought his field. That's God. God is like, man, you're you're the joy that he sold everything for. You guys, you're the joy he sold everything for. God sent his son so we could encounter him and he could encounter us. You know, he wants us to encounter him. We all know that. But do you know that he wants to encounter us? I mean, he likes encountering us. He thinks you're cool. While we were yet sinners, he he died for us. He put his spirit in us. He forgave us. He cleansed our consciousness, or our conscience, rather. He adopted us and called us friends or sons and heirs. He uh, tells us our future plans. He gives us a part in his business. He uh, he, uh, will supply for us. He made a covenant with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And he's not you. He doesn't think like you. He doesn't get mad and not want to see somebody. Right? So don't be foisting that on the father. You know, maybe you had a good father. Maybe you had a bad father. He, he was better than your good father, and he was nothing like your bad father. That's not him. He's the good father. Oh, man, come on. Man was created to live and breathe in an atmosphere of praise-filled worship to his creator. I'm going to say that one more time. Man was created to live and breathe in an atmosphere of praise-filled worship to his creator. The avenue of sustained inflow of divine power was to be kept by the sustained outflow of joyous and humble praise to our maker. But we have these roadblocks, and let me just talk about a few of the roadblocks. Roadblock number one, to worship. There's other priorities in life, like I got to get to work, like I'm tired from the day. Like my baby's crying, I got to tend to them, right? We have other things, and some of them, I'm going to step on some toes, get your toes behind your 
chairs right now. We can even serve God instead of worship Him. Yeah, we can just get so busy serving the church, serving the pastors, serving each other, that we forget to worship the Lord. Well, isn't that worship the Lord? Depends why you're doing it. See, Deuteronomy says in 11.16, Be careful or you'll be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. God was saying to his people, watch out for these other people in the lands, these other lands. Don't make covenants with them. Don't intermarry with them because they are going to put their idol in there and say, let's bow down to it. Be really careful. Be really careful. Let me just put it in our terms. Be really careful when you turn on the TV. Be really careful when you pick up the magazine. We've been inundated. I say this a lot because it's really near and dear to my heart. We've been inundated on what a woman should look like by the media. And it's just hogwash. It's hogwash. You be you. You be you. See, it's hard to worship when you're worshiping worship God when you're worshiping something else. When your time and your devotion, I remember I had this 1973 Mercury Capri. It was canary yellow. I had Krager four-spoke mags. It was lifted in the back with a red fire stick CB antenna. Yes. <laughs> it was boss. And I just remember, man, I, I waxed that thing. There was, so, there was so much wax on that thing. If you scraped it off, you could have filled a bottle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was, that was it. And then after that, I got this motorcycle. It was a 1979 Honda CB750F. The super sport. And I, boy, I love that thing. That was like, man, this thing is the most awesome thing ever, man. I am the coolest dude. I got girls on the back, you know, and they hang on to you. This was the greatest thing. I'm like, hang on, they do this, and I go, beep, and they do this, right? <laughs> it, it was great, man. It was a cheap way to get a hug, that's for sure. So I, I love that bike, and I rode it everywhere, and, and, and one day I had my girlfriend on the back, and unfortunately there was a guy behind me that didn't see me and just plowed into me, and I got launched in the air about 70 feet, and I'm, I'm rolling in the air. I don't know what just happened to me, and, and I hear, you know, the sound of it all, you know, that sound, that terrible sound of the accident, and I land, and I, there's a car coming right at me, and I'm like, ah, and I jumped, and I looked, and my bike is going down the street in a shower of sparks. And the only thing I could think about wasn't my girlfriend. It was my bike. And I was going to kill that guy who hit me. I got up to fight him and I realized I really messed up my hand and fighting wouldn't be a good option. I was so angry and mad. I went back, you okay Marianne? She is in, in tears and bawling and bleeding and I'm, I'm back. I, all I thought about was my bike. That's a sickness. We have material stuff that we put above people. We have people that we put above God. Are you with me? We just got to stop this so we can worship God because you're made to worship. You know, Chris Tomlin has that song. I was going to ask him to play it, but it's so old that it laughed at me. You and I are made to worship. Anyone? Nobody. Okay, good. Choir, do you know that song? Oh, look at him dancing. 
All right, here we go. Some people try to worship God and worship other things, but you can only worship one. Only one gets the first place. Only one gets priority. No one can serve two masters. You knew that. The other thing that stops us from the flow is no heart engagement. And this is tough. This is tough because we tend to not access our heart here. Don't think I'm prejudiced for saying this, okay? Because I love white people. But I'm just going to say this. White people have a harder time accessing their heart than other cultures. Especially the Hispanic and the African American. And I'm just telling you the truth. And this is how I can prove it. You ready? America, home makeover. When they move the bus, here's the white people. Okay? Here's the black people. Oh, God! (laughs) Right? I'm just saying. You walk in a black church. Anyone ever been to a black church? Come on. I remember going in a black church. I never felt so much in there. I mean, everybody was up, even during the sermon, which was a little weird to me because that was my first time. It's like, why do they keep standing up and waving? <laughs> but it was so awesome because there was a connection. And I, lo- I fell in love with that culture. Because the mind and the, and the heart just got connected somehow. And I'm just here to say we need to connect the mind and the heart. And we need to connect it in worship. When we sing the lyrics, yeah, we should think about them. I want you to think about them. But man, we should emote them. They should be coming from here. We're going to sing a few songs in a little bit. And I really want to encourage you to get it from here. Part of our problem is that we are guilty and we feel guilty and we can't worship when we're guilty. You know, we, we cussed our wife out or our kids out. We looked at porn. We stole something from the business. And we're guilty. We just feel bad. Some of us, when we do stuff like that, maybe we got a, you know, tied one on last night and then, and then, we just come in and we start worshiping. So we disconnect. <laughs> it's totally disconnected, man. I mean, I don't know how that happens. I feel so. When I get into God's presence, I'm like, I got to take care of that, don't I? God, that was just terrible. And sometimes I've had to go over and talk to another person because I know I got onks. And what's the word say? When you come before me, leave your gift at the altar and go make it right with your brother. Right? Just Go. And I've had to do that. I've had, I've had to put my guitar down leading worship, looking at some guy that we were having a little issue. Anyone have issues besides me? Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm in a good group. Thank you. And, and I've had to put down my guitar and just say, keep playing to the team and go out there and just say, look, I don't, I'm so sorry. I don't want to have an issue with you. Because I, I, just, I just can't continue worshiping him like it doesn't happen because I'm really bad at compartmentalizing. You'll learn that about me. Worship is to be full-hearted. I just want to encourage you, don't compartmentalize your life. God here, this is my big thing with Total Life Pursuit. Okay, You shouldn't be arguing in the parking lot after worshiping at church. Does that make sense? 
<laughs> just like it uh, doesn't get in there. I don't, I don't even get that. We should be the happiest ever when we leave here. We should be walking out going, yeah. How you got? Let's go to lunch. There should be a hop in our step when we leave God's presence as we have gathered together. No, we never leave his presence. Where can I go from your presence? It's all over. But you know there's something special when we get together. Right? There's something special when we get together. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it's a wellspring of life, because life flows from the heart. Another thing that stops us is insisting on our own way of worship. <clears throat> I'm shooting birds right now. Jerry Dearman says, ah, ah. Remember that, Jay? <laughs> Exodus 20.18 says, When the people saw the thunder... No, wait. No, I don't want to go there. Uh, De Deuteronomy 12.4 says, You must not worship the Lord your God in their way. So he was talking about other peoples. I, may I just say this? You must not worship the Lord your God in your way. I think you worship the Lord your God in his way. Now, you can tell I'm kind of a uppity guy, right? So... When God tells me to shout, it just must be easy. I don't really like doing that at all. In fact, I love dancing. And when he tells me to dance, half the time I'm like, oh, God, now? Can I do it when I'm alone? <laughs> right? I'll dance alone, but I don't, you know, people think I'm. But when God tells you to dance, Start moving. When God tells you, get on your face before me, get on your face before him. You see, when people saw the thunder and lightning, this is Exodus 20, 18, and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear and they stayed at a distance. And they said to Moses, speak to us yourself, we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we'll die. I want you to do the worship. I want you to get all excited and passionate, and I'll just sing along. It's not happening. That's not who we are, by the way. That's not who you are. Your person is fully engaged. Your heart's engaged. Your mind's engaged. And guess what else is engaged? Your body. You say, where is that in the Bible? Glad you asked. Romans 12, 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your, anyone guess? bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. You're, now, I, have, I, I, I got a long sermon on that one. I'm just going to say this. In worship, when we're singing in worship, we should offer our bodies. Does this make sense? I mean, it's our spiritual act of worship. It's spiritual to, to offer your body. So it has to go beyond singing. Of course, it goes into the way of life, and it does extend to our bodies. Graham Kendrick said... Don't let your, your, your verbal, don't let your body worship be akin to the verbal worship of a parrot. In other words, you just do one thing. You ever seen Tim Hawkins things? I love to show it. We just don't have time today. Tim Hawkins, how he does the worship thing. Oh, you got to look it up when you get home. It's hilarious. But, you know, we have different, like, levels of worship. Right? I'm comfortable with this. I'm comfortable. 
I, I can do this. But I, I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know about, you know, this. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. After all, I've done that in a bar, but I don't know that I want to do it here. Hello? I'll do it at a wedding reception, but I don't know that I want to do it at church. Just saying. He has a good point, wouldn't it? We raise our hands, we kneel, we dance, we shout, we do whatever God says. Why? Because Psalm 75, among others, says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud for the rock of salvation. Let's come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song, for the Lord is great. Psalm 149 says, Praise the Lord. Sing a new song. Sing a new song. A new song. His praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Psalm 149 verse 3 says, Let them praise his name with dancing. It's in the Bible. There you go. In Ezra... Chapter 3, verse 10. I love this one. Worship team, come on up. Uh, when, the, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and the trumpets and the Levites and the son of Asaph, and with symbols took their place to praise the Lord as described by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because of the foundations of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and the Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud as they saw the foundation of the temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sounds of the shouts of joy from the sounds of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard from far away. Uh, I'm not saying we just need to get there all the time. I am saying this. I'm not going to let a sports fan outshout me. I personally am not going to get more excited about a goal, about a touchdown, about a home run, about a basket. I'm not going to get more excited about that than I am about Jesus. I'm not going to be more excited about winning the lottery. I don't play, but, you know, I could find it. I could find one. I'm not going to be more excited about that than I am my salvation. And I've just made this kind of mental thing that I'm going to be this person that is different than that other person who's in the sports arena. And that's me, because I get excited in the sports arena, too. So why should I be, you know, chill here? Are you with me? It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know what? You ever watch The Voice? Okay. Or just a concert. Any concert. You ever seen a concert in your entire life? Okay. What do they do at a concert? I am thinking this. Why are they doing that? We do that at church. I understand it there for the same reason. Adoration. They're adoring Oh my gosh, seems to me like I, I don't want to, you know, there's an old song that says, I, don't, I won't let no rock outpraise me. I don't want to let no rock outpraise me. It's the gospel. But I'm not going to be outpraised. I'm not going to be outshouted by people who are doing it for 
other reasons than my king. Now, that doesn't mean when we get together, it, it, we have to do it all. It just means there's a response to be had. See, we raise our hands in adoration. We raise it in surrender. Because we want to be part of something that's happening. Or we don't want to be a part of something that's happening. But we do it in here because we want to be a part of something that's happening. Our response to God, our response to God is under our own control. The Bible says the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, I can get a word from the Lord and not say it, or I can get a word from the Lord and say it. There are those special times where God just comes on you and you can't help yourself. You just go down under the power or, or you do laugh and you can't stop laughing. I've seen people like that. They just couldn't do it. But what we've got to learn as people is to respond to God outside of our own selves. Right? We've got to learn to get into God and get into his presence and begin to adore him because we've chosen to adore him. Engage him because we've chosen to engage him. Are you with me?